This is Driven By, a podcast where we explore the intersection between passion and purpose. Sitting down and having conversations with risk takers, change makers, builders, and entrepreneurs to find out what it is that drives them. Guys, my name is Mikhail Alfon. My friends call me Mick. I am a proud father and husband and co-founder and CEO of Blue Light Media and a wannabe boxer. Oh, not wannabe boxer. No way. Yeah. <laughs> no way. Well, I'm really excited to sit down and have this conversation. I was um, lucky enough to have the opportunity to be on your podcast just like a few weeks back. Um, we probably found each other first through me listening to your podcast and just like spreading the good word uh, and then just following each other back and forth on social media. And then fast forward to like last month, then I had the opportunity of actually like sitting down and talking with you and being face to face. And it was a really great conversation. I really enjoyed it. I got to be inside your workspace as well, which is just like beaming with creativity. You can tell and has a cute little Frenchie that runs around and <laughs> keeps things going, but um, I'm really excited to have this conversation. So thank you so much for being here. Yeah. Thank you. I really appreciate you inviting me on. Absolutely. Well, so I can't imagine that, um, you know, being a co-founder of a media company or um, you can call yourself a, a wannabe boxer, father, any of those titles that you just gave yourself is something that happens overnight. So I always like to start off the show by learning a little bit more about how you got to where you are today. Cause I imagine that that journey was one with ups, downs and all arounds. And <laughs> it's always inspiring to hear. Well, yeah, I, I was thinking about this the other day because I went through this like thought process of like, when am I going to, when am I going to stop telling this, like the beginning part of this story? And the reason being is because it's like, do I really want to continue identifying myself with some of the tragedy maybe or, or, or adversity that, you know, my family went through back in like 2007 to 2009 and then a little bit before then, or am I ready to like restart my story from a different, from a different point in time? Um, but I haven't fully thought through that yet. So I, I guess I'll start in 2007, but I used to be a nurse. Um, my dad wanted me to be a nurse for whatever reason. Um, and you know, unfortunately, like, you know, my dad was kind of up to up, up to some things that uh, were unsavory, to say the least. He uh, he was using awesome. my identity to uh, embezzle money. Uh, he committed a lot of fraud and, and identity theft, not with, mm. with just my name, but also with a lot of my family's names, his own brother, his mom, like all of these things. Um, and, my, and my mom, um, those types of things. And it caused a lot of strain in our family. And because of that, I ended up uh, not being a nurse anymore in about 2009. I played poker pro uh, professionally, and I say professionally lightly because there was a lot of home games. It was more like rounders than it was anything anybody sees on ESPN type of thing. <laughs> Which uh, may be better. <laughs> yeah, I think so. I don't know. It was it was a time in my life. You know, I was in my early 20s. So while while a lot of people were just graduating college, I was you know driving back and forth from Oceanside to to LA and Las Vegas playing poker and cruising the rooms there and things like that. Uh, but in 2012, and I think this is really where like my professional journey really starts is when I actually started working as a telemarketer, which I'm not super proud of, but I learned how to speak to people and how to sell things. And I think that's a very important uh, skill to have. About two years after that, though, I decided that I wanted to uh, 
I wanted to start my own business, which was a social media marketing company. And uh, since then, I've been I've been growing it. Uh, I got fired from that job though because I started the social media marketing company or this agency while I was on the job. Uh, the owner of that agency didn't like, or the owner of the company that I worked for didn't like that very much. Um, so he let me go, uh, and I had to kind of start uh, start my journey with like maybe. $700 in the bank account. I actually don't know mm. what the real number is. All I know is I couldn't make rent that month. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, to... that's yeah. terrifying. <laughs> it's a yeah. terrifying thing, but something a lot of people that end up getting pushed into entrepreneurship, like they have experienced that. And I, she's obviously very hyped up about this conversation. Oh, I don't um, yeah. yeah. But yeah. Um, I think like, that's a very, very interesting journey. And I don't mean to cut you off. I know that that could have gone on for a second, but like, that's a, it's a really tough thing to be portrayed, like you have someone in your family portray your trust that way mm-hmm. and to yeah. experience that. I'm sure that was very like jarring for you and your whole family. And then especially for a, a person in your life that I'm sure held like high regard, you held it high regard, you know, yeah. to kind of like portray you in that way. And then for you to kind of pivot completely from nursing all the way into telemarketing um, to eventually starting your own business. I mean, that's like a, those are like pretty massive seasons. How do you yeah. navigate that? I don't know. I think, <laughs> you know, to be honest, I think a lot of it was survival back then. And it was just, I, I do know one thing. I, I know that what, even when I was a nurse, I didn't really care to be a nurse. And it, mm-hmm. it, mainly because I, I couldn't stand checking in um, and like clocking in and out. I always yeah. wanted autonomy to, over my time. Even when I was in high school, I begged my parents to let me do uh, like Fresh Start, which is basically homeschool. Um, because I would prefer like working and it just didn't make sense to me why I was going to school. Um, so, so yeah, I think that it was more of a survival thing and just finding ways to like make ends meet, to be honest. I wish I had some like profound thing for you, but I just had to survive for a little while. It wasn't until like I met my co-founder in like 2015 was I like, oh, I want to start a business too. I didn't even realize that that was like a thing really that I could do until I met her. It's so interesting. Sometimes it's about the right people coming into your life at the right time and able to kind of access something inside of you that you maybe didn't necessarily like know was there um although for someone to say hey i don't really want to do regular school i'd rather do uh you know school and all of these i mean you kind of always had this entrepreneurial spirit where you wanted to work for yourself basically and Uh, have your own schedule (laughs) yeah we'll we'll call it an entrepreneurial spirit at that time i don't know what it was i would prefer socializing than anything else when i was in high school so fair enough so you are essentially starting this side hustle for yourself, the social media marketing company for yourself at a time where you have a very steady job. Um, all of a sudden that is taken away from you mm-hmm. and you are forced into this place where you have to decide, like, I guess I'm going to do this full time. Is that the motion or do you find other ways of kind of supplementing your yourself and your time and your income at that time? Mm-hmm. Or do you just dive it all in? I just dove in. Yeah. I, okay. You know, there was a, one thing that was consistent between at any time in my life is I really believed in myself. And I thank my mom and I thank God for that. I really believed in myself. And I was like, you know what? I have this thing. Why not give it a shot? 
I play like, you know, and I think maybe playing poker full time uh, years before, like already made me a little, you know, what's the opposite of risk averse? <laughs> like pro risk, <laughs> pro, I was a pro risk person. So, so I was like, you know, I could, I could, I'll figure this out. You know what I mean? When you really start breaking things down, you know, at the time, let's say my, let's just say my rent was like, my split of rent was $1,500. Uh, like, well, a girl could dream. I know, right? I, I don't think it's that anymore. I know it's not that now. But at the time, my, my split of rent was $1,500. And I just broke it down. I was like, okay, well, that means I have to get three clients to sign for 500 bucks. That's not mm -hmm. so bad. Uh, and then if I wanted to eat, it's like, well, I'll just find one more client and I'll have some and I'll be pretty good on like the food front. So mm -hmm. when we start breaking down our problems a little bit into chunk into bite sized pieces, it became it becomes a lot easier to manage. I, uh, I feel that so much. I think that's like part of the seller in you. Um, you know, you sort of take your goal and you try to condense it down into either quarters, you know, months, weeks, and try to understand what outputs you have to put out in order to receive the inputs that you're, you're hoping to accomplish. Before we go any further in this story, I'm curious to know what you as like a little you wanted to be when you grew up. I wanted to be a rock star. Amazing. Yeah. Any influences specific yeah. to call Motley out? Crew and Motley Crue. What? <laughs> Is the video going to go out on this? Oh, yeah. Oh, hold on. <laughs> this will be the first time someone's left screen to come back. Yeah. You know, because I just saw, I just found this the other day. So this was back in maybe 2000. I want to say it was like 2005. It might have been 2007, actually, or. 2005 or so but i used to play guitar in 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 rock bands and um you know a lot of post hardcore influences and a lot of motley crew in, influences and this was my claim to fame is I'm, i got to be in this magazine very cool can, i was a little bit more chubby back then and if you look close <laughs> enough there's some eyeliner there it's nice but very I nice be a rock star that's what I, I think I recently saw you post something where you had a little guy liner on there. And I was like, <laughs> okay, I had no idea. And I loved it. I loved yep. it. I think that's um, the complexity of who you are is like very interesting to me. I, your story now like layers into that. Right. I mean, I know you as a father, um, a believer, uh, obviously a business owner. I think yeah. of you as a boxer, um, so I see you in all these ways. And now as I get to know you, I get to see all the different layers. And I think that's, what's so incredible about people in general is that yeah. we, we always have our journeys. So tell me about the business. So you, you start a business alongside your, your co-founder. Mm -hmm. Well, How at, do you the guys time, at the time I had a, I had a different business partner. Um, okay. it, it was the same business. It's complicated. We don't need to talk about him. It's fine. Um, but, um, I wanted to start it as a social media marketing company. This was back in 2014 when we were still convincing brands that they had to be, and by brands, I mean mom and pop restaurants, that they needed to be on Instagram for their business. Right. And yeah. So, and I thought to myself, okay, I get like, you know, 10 clients paying 500 bucks a month. Like that was decent enough for me. And mm -hmm. uh, I could just coast, put things in Hootsuite and, and we just go from there. And then as time progressed, it was like, oh, wait, there needs to be like a process around this. Now there's need, there needs to be people to take photos and write copy, which at the time I didn't even know was called copy. And, mm -hmm. you know, all of these things around it that we had to build. Um, but really, it just started like in our in my apartment at the time. And, you know, I contracted some people to do the things that I didn't want to do, which was pretty much all of the things. And then um, 
uh, we just really grew from there. You know what I mean? And it just, it got bigger and bigger over time. Our first client to pay us more than a couple hundred bucks a month was like a dental office who paid us like 2000 bucks a month. And then we just started working our way up from that. I was like, Oh, okay. And then I started realizing what the service was actually worth and how much things actually cost. And we just really started building from there. But at the time I had a goal to, you know, build like a hundred person agency and do hundreds of millions of dollars in revenue and all of this stuff and take over the world. Um, I don't necessarily have those same goals anymore, but I'm very happy. And I feel as if I've done those things. Yeah. Well, and it's an interesting time to have been breaking into that space, right? I mean, cause you're right. That was the time where we were all trying to like better navigate what it meant to have a digital presence. I mean, it was a world previous to that where, cause I, I worked in advertising right out of college. I graduated mm. in oh, 07. Uh, and this is at a time where we were doing magazine buys, billboard buys, radio spots, et cetera. Fast forward seven years later, where you're sort of launching this business and now the world has changed. I mean, social media is becoming more and more prevalent, um, influencers, digital content, et cetera. So, I mean, it's definitely the the right time to probably to start. And I yeah. would imagine that was quickly realized by by you and, and your business partner at the time, which has obviously evolved and changed since then. Yeah, it's a lot of things have evolved and changed since then. And um, it was a great time. And, you know, we're actually in an interesting season now because that model that I had, like, is kind of irrelevant now to be honest. Mm. So we're we're making some uh, pivots and we're focusing primarily on creative and campaign work and and still media buying, but it's definitely not the social media management in the way that we used to. Um, Mm -hmm. And so it's exciting. So, you know, right now it feels like day one all over again, except for I have a little bit more sense than when I started and definitely a lot more support around me. Yeah. So, I mean, maybe we can talk a little bit about this journey for you and like the times in your I guess, experience where you've been able to sit back and say, like, thank goodness I got let go from that mm-hmm. tele, like that telemarketing job or like, thank goodness I'm no longer driving up and down the PCH looking for poker games yeah. or whatever it is. You know what I mean? Like the aha moment where you realize like, yeah, I'm in the right place. Or if you've had multiple aha moments mm-hmm. to reflect on. I remember seeing this question and I couldn't think of an aha moment because the, uh, one single one because I feel like there's so many and those aha moments were only realized after the fact yeah. so it's even now it's like thank goodness like my dad did what he did to my family because it taught me to have grit before that I was a spoiled earthy brat that's all there is to it full stop yeah full <laughs> stop I'm you know I was a spoiled OC brat thank goodness that happened I met people during that time in my life that turned me into uh, more of a man and I met mentors in my life that I would, never would have met if not for that um, thank God it didn't work out being a poker player because that is not the life I wanted to live. It was very like, you know, there's a lot of things around poker, just being around gambling and drinking and those types of like areas, not always good. That's not the case for everybody, but I'm susceptible to those. Um, thank goodness I got that telemarketing job, even though it was like commission only. And it was like, whatever, because I learned how to sell a product and, you know, thank goodness I, uh, you know, thank goodness I got let go. Cause I would have never went full time. I don't think I would have ever jumped. Um, and so there's just so many of those, you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. back and there's always that, you know, everybody says everything happens for a reason. And I guess that's true to an extent. Um, but really I think that the, the reasons are endless because at the same time I could have 
had, you know, my dad do what he did and took a different route and instead started drinking and doing drugs and like going Mm -hmm. down that hole. I could have continued down the gambling route and became just a degenerate gambler. I could have stayed at that company and who knows where it would have went if I stayed at that company. And if I had never left my first business partner, we probably would have never grown to where we are now. So, you know, everything was, is truly a blessing, but you just have to have like the discernment and also like the belief in yourself and the and just really a positive outlook into you know into each one of those challenges and looking at those challenges as opportunities if you want that aha moment that's my experience mm-hmm. anyway well how do you um reconcile like those that that positive outlook like how how do you personally like keep that positive perspective on the experiences you've had on life uh a lot of gratitude to be honest with okay. you you know i it's gratitude for the big things like the roof over your head, the food on the table, but it's gratitude for the conversations that you have, the, um, the characteristics of yourself. And one of the, um, one of the great things I've started doing with gratitude is like saying thank you for something because X, Y, Z. So it's like, you know, I'm not sure what our conversation is going to go other than it's kind of strengthening our friendship, which is great. So I can say that. So so I can say, thank God for my conversation with Karen yesterday, because now I have a deeper understanding of who she is and a better friendship as opposed to just like, thank God for Karen. Although that's a Mm -hmm. good enough sentence as it is. Right. Um, But when we really start to put weight behind it, I think that those things are powerful and we sit in those things um, and it just helps that. And when you make that a real practice, I use the five minute journal. I did mm-hmm. that for like three years. And then after that, it's just like anything else. It's muscle memory. Now I don't mm-hmm. know how to not have that perspective because of that. I love that so much. And thank you for sharing that. I think that that will speak to somebody that's listening um, or somebody that may be trying to find their own gratitude practice, which is really what I call it. I mean, I like, I have said outwardly, like there's a lot of different practices that we have in our lives. And I think that's one of those things that can really like change your perspective on how you like approach your day-to-day activities and so forth. So I really appreciate you saying that. I mean, you've had some, some challenges in your life. You've talked about a few of them here. I I know you and I've talked, um, you know, also about our own like um, similarities in terms of our family challenges, uh, you know, with regards to your journey Mm -hmm. to date, what is one of the biggest challenges you've had to overcome or repeating challenges that you continue to meet head on? Uh, the biggest challenge I had to, um, I had to deal with, I, I really know what the answer is, but I don't know how much I, I, I can or want to talk about it, but That's fair. all of the, all of the things that my dad did in 2007, um, I was asked to pay that bill last year and I had to fight through that for over 18 months and it was the hardest 18 months of my life yeah yeah and if it wasn't heavy yeah it it was tough and um if it wasn't for if it wasn't for honestly god my incredible wife my friends at blue light I would have never gotten through that um but yeah that was definitely the hardest part yeah well, and you just said something that I think is really important um, about like the culture that you're building, like at your company, um, you just called your, your peers, your friends. Um, it's a small, it's, a, you know, from what I gathered, it was like a small familial energy, yeah, yeah, right? Everyone's sort of probably looking out for each other, um, you know, also making sure that they're accomplishing what they need to get done uh, for the client perspective. How are you building your culture? How are you and your co-founder or your, I'm sorry, your 
your co-owner now. Yeah. How are you all kind of building your culture? Like, what are you thinking about as you're bringing new people in or as you've built out your teams and what has that experience been like? I think, not I think, uh, when we look at what our culture is, we really definitely want to um, operate more horizontally than we do vertically, right? So to your point, we definitely want to have a feeling that like, okay, somebody has my back. We, I, I, I had 16 employees at one time. Today we have eight. 16 was a little too much for me. That's when the um, like gossiping started, the clicks started. And really that wasn't what I wanted to happen. And I think perhaps we could have done it better and it wouldn't be that way. And if I tried again to do it like that, I would have maybe a better vetting process. Mm -hmm. uh, but today, you know, we want people to feel like somebody has their back. And so, for example, my, my, um, uh, our head of accounts is leaving for vacation for uh, at least two weeks, hopefully longer. She's leaving for vacation for two weeks, but her work isn't going to pile up. Um, and she, it's not like she's going to have a, she might have a lot of emails, but we can't help that. But the actual work and deliverables that she has, the, it's not going to pile up because the rest of us are going to take that on while she's gone. So she comes back and she truly had that vacation. And right. so that's, you know, that's some of what we want to do. But in addition to that, I think, you know, we just want to hang out with people and we spend more of our time at work than we do with our families a lot of times. And if we're going to do that, it should be around people that we like. So I'm, I'm proud to say that all of us really like each other. That's awesome. I, uh, I appreciate you sharing that. I know that wasn't a question that I had outwardly prepared for you. So <laughs> it's all good. Um, yeah. Well, so let's think about like what's driving you on a day to day basis. I mean, not just for what's coming, like bringing you into work, but just in general, like what is it that drives you yeah, every single I, day? You know, definitely at work, I've always wanted to create a, an environment where people can become the best versions of themselves personally and professionally. Mm -hmm. And I would say that that same mantra comes out in other places in my life, even at my home life as well. I want my wife to be, be the best version of herself personally and professionally. How can I help create that environment for her? Whether it's me changing another diaper uh, so that she can get to the gym or is it us like really talking about, you know, her pricing structure as a hairstylist and how we can develop that. Um, and same thing for my son, you know what I mean? And he's brand new, but I definitely want that environment for him. So now I have, I get to build on this little kingdom I've been blessed with so that when it's time for him to start making decisions for himself, he has those same opportunities. So mm -hmm. that's my main motivator, that idea of creating spaces where people can have and become the best versions of themselves. So it's almost like allowing there to be development in people's like who they are. Yeah. Um, I think that's really, really beautiful. I mean, if you don't mind, we can pivot really quickly yeah. to the fact that you did just become a dad and yeah. this has been, this is a new experience for you. This is a new job that you get to add to your resume. Um, as somebody that also owns their own business, uh, as somebody that uh, has other people to already take care of, like at work, how has this been different for you? <laughs> I clean a lot more poop in this job. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, honestly, the biggest thing that's different is I've never, like, I love my wife tremendously. And we're like, we're definitely made for each other, I think. Uh, but I've never really missed and felt a longing to be around something or someone the same way I have, I, I've, the same way I do for for my son. 
like I just went to to Nashville for a bachelor party for like 48 hours and I was mm-hmm. I could not stop scrolling through pictures of him and just talking about him and the last thing yeah. like anybody wants to talk about on a bachelor party is like somebody's family and their kid but like that's all I wanted so I think that's that's really the biggest thing and it's just truly being like I think that I'm altruistic anyway but really like there's nothing that this little guy can do for me you know mm-hmm. at all other other than like bring me an immeasurable amount of joy just by smiling but like right there's nothing that he can really do for me so I'm just like I don't know I just do stuff for him but I like doing that I like serving people so yeah that answers the question yeah no I mean it's just like a very exciting um addition to your to your life right yeah. I mean you already have had a lot going on and you're also very regimented similar to myself like you're very regimented about your schedule and mm-hmm. your routine which I I think there's things that you find out about people and you're like, I get why we like connect in some way, even if we didn't really know each other before. Right. It's like, you start to find things like, yes, you have a love for boxing. I also have a love for boxing, but you also are an early morning grinder. Like you're up early, you're working out, you stay very like focused on your, your like day-to-day schedule. It also seems as if you take you may be better at this than me, but you take great value in your faith. And like, that was Mm. something that we kind of aligned on in some ways as well. And so it's just interesting where you start to find people on the other side of the country um, that could sometimes just have these like very uh, interesting similarities. So it's just good to hear how you're kind of evolving into your other roles. Yeah. It was Um, great when you came by actually. And we had that first like 10, 15 minutes of talking before we started recording. And I was like, we could be friends. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Here we are. Um, If we think about like advice that you are willing to serve up to others. And I mean, you've had a lot of different experiences, right? I mean, you've overcome family trauma. You have um, pivoted roles two times. Um, You have become a father. You you hold um, positions within your, your faith community. It's a lot that you could talk about, but if somebody who just came to you was like, give me one piece of advice, mm. full stop. What do you think that advice would look like? Well, it's actually one that I got from my uncle that really changed my life. And it was, um, don't let a, don't let a lack of knowledge be your barrier to success. Like mm. I started, I went to trade school to be a nurse. Mm-hmm. I had no idea how to start. A, I went to trade school to be a nurse. When I started playing poker, I only learned how to play poker like three months before, before I went like full time. Amazing. And, yeah. And like, starting this agency, like I didn't go to college. I didn't do any of those things. And you like, you know, um, I didn't even know what a marketing agency was like <laughs> when I started it, you know what I mean? So, but you can, there's so much information that's available to us, not just like through the internet, but through people and other experiences that we have to mm-hmm. take advantage of those and be able to leverage it. There is absolutely no reason. There's probably a lot of reasons, but the lack of knowledge should not be the reason that you're like holding back, you know? And I think mm-hmm. too many people do that even in their faith type of thing, they're like, "Eh, I don't know. Like, I don't know much about the Bible, so I'm not going to go to a small group. It's like, no, the whole reason is so that you learn, you know what I mean? Those types of things. So, so yeah, um, that's it. Pretty simple. It's amazing. It's a, it's an interesting thing to think like, Hey, I know that this is a, this is a place I want to play in, right? Like digital marketing or marketing, um, you know, agency, that's a place you want to play. And then to say like, but I actually don't know anything about what, how to, and what is, and then you start to lean on other like resources and so forth. I think 
it's a true thing that knowledge shouldn't be what stops you. You should always just open yourself up to receive it. Mm-hmm. Um, but how do you figure out what you're passionate about? Like, how do you figure out that part? Um, that's a good question. I can tell you, I know I'm not passionate about digital marketing. I was going to ask you. <laughs> like, I I enjoy it, but I'm not passionate about it. What I'm passionate about is developing the culture that we have here and the yeah. mission of creating spaces for people to become a better version of themselves or the best versions mm-hmm. of themselves. That's what I'm passionate about. And I have the opportunity to do that here. To find what I'm passionate about, though, I think it's just about recognizing the moments where you feel the most alive. Mm-hmm. And I feel the most alive at like in a small group of people, typically at dinner, you know, over a drink or two or something like that. And some like a good steak. Sorry for all the vegetarians out there. And just like telling stories, laughing, that sort of thing. So now I want to recreate that environment in a way that I can make money. So now I have a small group of people that I trust. Mm -hmm. We laugh. We don't drink and eat steak at work, but we could. Um, But, you know, we have, we have a lot of fun doing that. And I think it was, it's the same thing with, you know, same thing with boxing. Like I hate running, but now I run because I want to be a better boxer, but I felt the most alive when I started training. Right. And so I found out that that was one of my passions. And so just being able to recognize like, Oh, I feel really good here and it's not hurting anybody. You know what I mean? Like that's well in boxing sometimes, but it's like, (laughs) (laughs) but you know, I think if you can be aware of that, you can start to get one step closer to discovering what your passion is. Yeah. And I, I know we're getting close here to the end. Um, you just said something that I I've been hearing as like a common theme for you. And I I know that you're kind of looking at your business and sort of redeveloping, refocusing um, based off of where we are today as a society, you know, you're not necessarily passionate about digital marketing, but you are passionate about the people that you get to touch and like the experiences that you get to have and um, you know, helping businesses even become the better versions of themselves. And I think that that's, that leans into this idea of you being in service of others what has been, I guess, the the point where you've, you've kind of like shifted your your feelings about um, like the digital and social space? Like, what has that experience been like for you to say that, like, I come into work every day and I do this, but like, I know that my heart is feeling a different way. Mm. Well, I, just because I'm not like super passionate or in love with digital marketing doesn't mean I can't be good at it. Yeah. And I have the same perspective that you have in that you kind of portrayed was like, well, if, if my mission is true and I really believe that, well, I want to create that space for the people, uh, the, the clients that we work with for my team, so on and so forth. So I'm constantly going to pour in ways that we can be knowledgeable and better at our jobs for other mm-hmm. people so that we continue to uh, create that space for them. So that's really the driver, you know, and, um, and yeah, you know, after a while, I just kind of realized it's like, you know, we have to be able to find the good in all the things that we're doing. And I I think we're doing a good thing here. And I think everybody that we get to uh, work with is a little bit better because they, uh, because they came in contact with us. I hope, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? So, uh, so yeah. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you addressing that. I know that I personally am conflicted often, right. With like the world of social, I, literally just talked about this on my story uh, today. But I mean, I sat down and watched a, a docuseries on Netflix and I left feeling very like, oh, 
Uh, yeah, yeah. Do, you, are, do we have a hard stop at 30 minutes? We don't. We can keep talking. Oh, great, because I got nothing. Yeah, so that was a that, – that's definitely a thing. You know what I mean? Like, it's hard because, you know, again, I, I personally have to focus on the – I personally have to focus on the culture of my team and how we interact with other people. But, yeah, I agree with sure. you. The social media thing, even the personal branding thing, I recently, like, posted a video where I was like, I cringe when I post some of these videos. And then I just realized that I'm probably not going to do that anymore unless it's something I'm really passionate about or in this kind of context. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, I think that there's, I do think that there's good in, in a lot, a lot of it though. And I think that if we can truly go into each situation with like a servant's heart type of type of thing, we will feel better about it. You know, I, mm-hmm. I think even in jobs that, that we don't necessarily like, it yeah. might be helping somebody else. So we can find enjoy if we can find joy in helping somebody else, it'll be a little bit easier. Well, and I think it also speaks to, can you be authentically yourself, mm-hmm. like doing what you're, is that you're doing? And so I know we talked about the, the, the like, talking head videos that you do. Yeah. Right. And I think a lot of them come away with really great messaging. And I can tell personally, I feel like I can kind of almost tell when you're more passionate about something than you're, you're not <laughs> like you just see like a different like twinch or twinkle in someone's eye, or you see the way that they're like quite of corresponding with the, the, the screen Mm -hmm. and again I don't know you that well but I I do think that there's certain topics that obviously like are more feel more authentic than others um and I know I struggle with that as well and it's also this this level of where do you draw the line when you're talking about personal brand when you're talking about businesses fine that's different but personal brand when you put yourself out there where do you draw the line how much access do you want to give people like what is this evolving into understanding kind of the end game is mm-hmm. not always as easy as it may may seem so yeah i agree with you i think you do a great job by the way oh well thank you i appreciate that yeah i appreciate that um i really uh appreciate you spending time talking with me about this i know that um your journey has been up down and all around but it feels very much like you are in your bag right now uh, at least as it relates to like all the different other parts of your life. I've, yeah. It's been really like wonderful to see you kind of like love on being a dad. And also um, your boxing videos are always inspiring for me. And Appreciate in general, that. I know I can tell that there's good energy in your office having been inside that space. So I'm really grateful that I had the opportunity to do that. If people do want to get in contact with you or if they do want to like follow along um, and let's not forget that you have an amazing podcast for folks to listen to. <laughs> what are all the ways for them to find you, listen to you, explore you, all the all the things? Oh uh, yeah, I you know um, any social platform <laughs> that you're on, if you look up Mick M I Q K, uh, you'll find me. So Instagram, Snap. I'm not on Snap anymore, but it's there. Oh God, I hope not. <laughs> not <really. laughs> I hope not. Every time I see someone on Snapchat, I'm like, oh, you must be like. I don't know, yeah, 15 no. and under. Definitely. Exactly. Right. <laughs> definitely. Uh, definitely Twitter and threads and all the things. So just look up me. Mm-hmm. Okay. Awesome. And um, for folks that are listening to this podcast, go check out his podcast as well. It's called Oversharing. It's really great. I am so grateful for the platform because it's really exposing um, just like good conversations between two individuals, which I think is so important. It's just good to have like a nice authentic view into somebody else's life and to find something to connect with. So I really appreciate what you're doing there as well. Thank you. I appreciate you. All right. That's the show. Thanks for tuning in. 
If you like what you heard, give us a follow on Instagram, driven by underscore blank, share it with your friends, pass along the good word, and for the love of God, continue to acknowledge your passions, let love be your guide, and always walk in purpose. Until next time, I'm Karen, and this has been a conversation about the intersection between passion and purpose.